0: For South Carolina quarterback Lenore Sellers, the question of 2023 isn't if he will be utilized, but more so, how should he be utilized? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines, and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock Athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. One of the biggest recruiting wins for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program in the 2023 recruiting cycle was when the Gamecocks flipped quarterback Lenore Sellers from the Syracuse Orange to South Carolina during the early national signing day period. It was viewed as a massive victory for the Gamecocks. Usually, you don't say that when you're talking about flipping a kid from Syracuse to South Carolina But in this case, it was all of that and more. Because Lenore Sellers is going to make an impact for this team in 2023. And in terms of that potential impact, Lenore Sellers would be best served as a change of pace quarterback that's used in select spots. I will admit, when Lenore Sellers originally joined South Carolina's football team earlier this offseason, my thoughts surrounding The idea of his first year was that it would be a great chance for him to sit back and learn from guys in front of him like quarterback Spencer Rattler and Luke Doty. Because admittedly, a lot of the freshman quarterbacks that have played here in recent years outside Jake Bentley, they just have not panned out all that well. So maybe I just have a little bit of PTSD from seeing some of that bad quarterback play around seven, eight years ago from some of those freshman quarterbacks. However, as time has worn on this offseason, and the more I've continued to see some of the reports coming out regarding Lenore Sellers and the potential he brings, my opinion has changed on this. Because I think that now, it's not a matter of if Lenore Sellers is going to play, but just how much is he going to play. And I've mentioned this already, the best way to utilize him in 2023 will be in select spurts. And to try and explain this, I'm going to use the analogy of a son learning to drive for the very first time under their dad, which in this case I'm going to say is Lenore Sellers learning from offensive coordinator, Dal Loggins. One time that you could use Lenore Sellers in a football game is on a first down in certain drives where you have, say, a comfortable margin. So let's say, for example, South Carolina plays Furman, right? They're up a few touchdowns early in the football game. Lenore Sellers would obviously probably get more than just a couple of snaps, but you could start him off on a first down on certain drives, maybe in the first half of that game. In terms of driving, a son learning to drive, I correlate that to You take the sun out to an empty school parking lot on a weekend, where basically you know there's not going to be really any people, there's going to be very few cars, if any at all, so you've got a lot of leeway to make some small mistakes. You're going to lessen some of the pressure on the driver, or in this case, the quarterback, and you could be a bit more conservative in terms of the overall speed and movement that you have going on with the car. So in Dow Logan's case, he can call a lot more simple type of concepts and plays on a first down with Lenore Sellers in these kinds of situations. Now, let's say that Lenore Sellers starts to see some real success on some of these first down opportunities that he gets in a football game. In that case, you leave him out for a little bit longer. In terms of a kid learning how to drive... That's basically you're graduating from driving around in that empty school parking lot on the weekend to now that one time decides to say, hey, let's go and take this car out on the back roads a little bit. Matter of fact, let's go out on some of the main highways through town. Now you've got a lot more going on around you. Your awareness has to be heightened because you are no longer really the only moving object in the area. And you must make some minor adjustments to your surroundings. So, correlating this to Lenore Sellers, if he's out there for more than just one or two plays, he now has to do a lot more recognition in terms of the defensive coverages that he's seeing. He's got to look at the numbers in the box a good amount more. And he's got to emphasize his communication with his teammates to a much higher degree then he would have to otherwise if he was just going out there for, say, just one play and then coming right back out of the football game. And then, the other spot where you could use Lenore Sellers, some of the more stressful spots, would be third and short or goal-to-go situations in the middle of a football game. If we're correlating this to driving, this is, in my opinion, somewhat the final stage of a young buck learning how to drive a vehicle, which is basically learning how to properly merge onto the interstate, which in the state of South Carolina, uh, it could be a bit nightmarish at times, to be honest. It's a high-pressure situation. However, you've put in enough time, and you've learned all the basics. And so now, it's time to combine everything you've learned and put it to the test. You've got to be willing to make your presence felt and strike when you can. You could correlate that to try to get into the far right hand lane on the interstate. And for the case of Norris Sellers, when he's out there on the football field, don't waste time sitting back there in the backfield. Find the right hole or read which route is going to be the best option for you if it's a passing play and attack using both your smarts. And also, at times, your size and your athleticism. Use everything that you have to your advantage. All right, getting away from the driving analogy now. Let's take this back purely to football. Lenore Sellers, he is bigger, he is lankier, he is faster, and he is stronger than Spencer Rattler. That's not to take anything away from Spencer Rattler, of course. Rattler is a good athlete in his own right. But y'all, he is not Lenore Sellers. And I think we saw that pretty clearly during the spring game back in April. So where am I going with this? Well, because of all those traits that I just mentioned, Lenore Sellers can serve as a great extension of South Carolina's run game. We've already talked about this. There's a chance this run game could struggle this year. It could be secondary to South Carolina's passing game. Obviously because of the fact you got Spencer Rattler and all the talent that you have at the skill positions. But at running back... You don't have a standout running back, and at the offensive line, you don't have a whole lot of high-level caliber players, in all honesty. Lenore Sellers can help to offset some of those issues. You could use him in some quarterback-designed run plays. You could use him in some option. You could set up some play action. You could also use some RPOs. Dow Lockins coached under Kendall Browse for the last two years at Arkansas. Kendall Browse loved RPOs in his offense. I'm sure that Dow Lockins would have a couple of ideas of how to carry some of that over to South Carolina's offensive scheme. You could also get a little extra creative at times. You could put to carry on joiner back there running back alongside Lenore Sellers. Or you could have a split back set and maybe run some spread triple option with the carry-on joiner and say like a Juju McDowell. There's a ton of things that you could do with Norris sellers back there at quarterback when it comes to your overall run game. And while you might need to be careful with the amount of reps that you give him, because again, this is Spencer Rattler's offense in 2023. You need to make sure that he fully feels that way throughout the entirety of this season. But, bottom line, Lenore Sellers should, and I think will, play this year. Utilize him in select moments and take advantage of what he offers as a runner to help open up this run game. And at certain times, that's going to help open up the passing game on offense as well. There's no doubt, the Palmetto State native, he will make an impact in his freshman campaign here at South Carolina. All right. Now, again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that South Carolina flipping Lenore Sellers from Syracuse this past December. It was a big, big recruiting win for the Gamecocks. And things are heating up for the Gamecocks in the 2024 recruiting cycle. And there's one prospect that we haven't talked about on this show for a good while now. But he is appearing once again in recruiting circles here in Columbia and for very good Reason We're going to dive into just who that prospect is and what all I'm referring to in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know what the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. And thank you once again to each and every one of you every day for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your daily choice for SapCon Gamecock Gamecocks sports coverage. Again, I would not be able to do this show without each and every one of you, so thank you so much for all of your support. All right, now let's dive into some really good recruiting news here for Shane Beamer and SapCon's football team, because... King Joseph Edwards has been making the rounds on social media over the past couple of days. And King Joseph Edwards, he's a very unique prospect because he is someone that does not shy away from interacting with a lot of the fans of some of the teams that have been recruiting him the hardest throughout this process. And one of those teams has been the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, King Joseph Edwards, between this past October and the Garden Black Spring Game this year, had made three visits to South Carolina. And it seemed like, especially after the Spring Game, that South Carolina was right up there with King Joseph Edwards. However, since then, there has not been a whole lot of public information, a lot of talk surrounding the Gamecocks that's really come from King Joseph Edwards, at least that I had seen. But that has all changed over the past 48 hours. Because on Wednesday, King Joseph Edwards said on Twitter, when interacting with some fans, that the Gamecocks were in his top three. And then, he took it to the next level the following day, just yesterday. As in an interview that he did with Sports Talk Media Network's Phil Kornblut, King Joseph Edwards officially named the Gamecocks his leader in his recruitment. Here's a quick excerpt from Phil Kornblut's article that he did. Quote, Edwards has identified at various times his favorites as USC georgia tennessee and ohio state but now it's usc alabama and tennessee as his top three edwards said his strong relationship with story lucas is a major reason the gamecocks are in the position they are with him at this point he now considers usc as his favorite now how significant is this recent development well obviously this is extremely significant Because when you look at South Carolina's recruiting board right now, to this point, Dylan Stewart has remained seemingly the sole recruiting target for South Carolina at that edge rusher position. Now, that's not a bad thing at all, because if you're going to target somebody and be in the game to land a certain prospect at that position, uh, Dylan Stewart, one of the best to choose off the board. However, South Carolina has multiple upperclassmen, in this position group right now on their roster. And so, even if you get Dylan Stewart, which would be a massive recurring win, don't get me wrong, it still would not fully offset the potential numbers that you could lose from this year's squad. Seventh-year player Jordan Stroud, this is going to be his last year. I think even if things went awry for him once again, which hopefully it doesn't, but even if that happened, I don't foresee Jordan Stroud coming back to South Carolina this next year. And then you've also got two redshirt seniors in Terrell Dawkins and Tyreek Johnson. And sure, both of those guys could come back through a COVID year, but you just don't know if that's going to happen. As a head football coach, if you're Shane Beamer and his staff, you have got to plan ahead for sometimes the unexpected. Maybe a guy decides that he's just done with football outright. He's not going to use that extra year. That could happen with both of these guys in Dawkins and Johnson. And so you have got to get some guys that you can get into this program and develop. And getting King Joseph Edwards at the end of this process would help greatly in that aspect, especially if you land him alongside Dylan Stewart. Now, another thing to consider here with this recruitment, this is a golden opportunity for Shane Beamer to add a feather in his recruiting cap. I mentioned this earlier when I wrote off the quote, but Alabama and Tennessee are considered number two and number three in King Joseph Edwards' recruitment at this moment in time. And when I say that both of these two are involved in his recruitment, I know for a fact Alabama wants him because I've seen King Joseph Edwards tweet about them about recently. He took a visit to Tuscaloosa, I believe, back in the month of June. And it seems like the Crimson Tide is, They are putting forth some effort here. They want to land King Joseph Edwards. It's not like, you know, hey, if we got, you know, an open spot, sure, we'll take you. You can come on into our class. No, Alabama wants this kid. So if South Carolina can land King Joseph Edwards both over Alabama and also over Tennessee, then that's obviously a good thing for Shane Beamer. It's something that he can tout on the recruiting trail in terms of the fact that he beat out Two big-time SEC programs for a kid that has the talent that King Joseph Edwards possesses. Also, in the case of Alabama, you're going after Daniel Hill, the running back out of Mississippi. It would not hurt to have someone like King Joseph Edwards in your class to potentially recruit him. And that kind of leads me into my next talking point here. King Joseph Edwards, I see him as a kid that would be willing to help out South Carolina by... You know, pitching in in terms of the recruiting efforts that some of the commitments have given from this recruiting class. At the very least, I could see King Joseph Edwards being a humongous hype man for Shane and Saffron's football program all the way throughout the rest of this recruiting cycle up until the day that he signs. I just feel like that he's got that kind of personality. I think he's very charismatic. Again, he's willing to be very personable and talk to just about anybody, including some of the fans, that most prospects, just for the most part, they don't really interact with. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean, that's a good thing in the case of King Joseph Edwards. Because if you're South Carolina and you get him in the fold, that could be a great service, a great help to you when it comes to trying to land some of these other guys that you still got on your recruiting board. And then here's the last thing that we should all know before moving on here. Sterling Lucas, he has done a great job on the recruiting trail for South Carolina in his very short time here in Columbia to this point. However, there's one thing that he has yet to do that at least I was able to sort of notice when going back and looking at his all-time commitment list he has yet to land a kid out of the state of Georgia. And the state of Georgia, for anyone who follows football recruiting closely enough, is one of the deepest, most talented states in the entire country when it comes to high school football. And that includes a ton of talented edge rushers. So if you're stealing Lucas, you would love nothing more than to finally get a kid out of that state and therefore. Get your name out there in some of those high school football talking circles. Have King Joseph Edwards, again, maybe help you with some guys in the 2025 recruiting class, or maybe even 2026 as well. You just cannot underestimate how much some of these kids can help, whether it is in terms of your resume, maybe getting your foot in the door in a certain area when it comes to a pipeline state, or just flat out being able to, to tout what your football program has to offer. There's so much that Landon King-Joseph Edwards could do for this team. So this is an important recruitment to watch moving forward if you're a South Carolina Gamecock fan. Now for all of you everydayers who tune into the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, you might recall that at the end of our Thursday show, I did a little salary cap game regarding some former players from South Carolina's offensive side of the ball. It was a $12 salary cap game where you could pick one quarterback, one running back, and two wide receivers. And for those who might recall, or maybe those that did not see it, I picked quarterback Tommy Suggs, running back Deuce Staley, and wide receivers Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards. And guess what? Reese Creative, the Twitter account that created that entire salary cap game, Turn around and did one for South Carolina's defense. And so I felt like, why not? Let's do it once again and let's look at South Carolina's defensive side of the ball and see which players that we would take. Again, sort of the same kind of stipulations from yesterday. You have $12 to use in your salary cap. In this dilemma, you pick two defensive linemen one linebacker, and one defensive back. I'm going to list all the names in order from top to bottom. And again, for every two names, it's $5, then $4, then $3, so on and so forth. So at defensive line, you've got Davion Clowney, John Abraham, Melvin Ingram, Andrew Province, Javon Kenlaw, Kelsey Quarles, Devin Taylor, Travion Robertson, Byron Gerardo, and Langston Moore. At linebacker... You've got Sky Moore, James C. Wright, Jasper Brinkley, Eric Norwood, J.D. Fuller, Tom Addison, Ernest Jones, Shaq Wilson, TJ Holloman, and TJ Brunson. And then at defensive back, you've got Stephon Gilmore, Rashad Faison, Coe Simpson, Sheldon Brown, DJ Swearinger, Captain Mutterlin, Jonathan Joseph, J.C. Horn, Dunta Robinson, and Bobby Bryant to round out the list. Now, to start off with defensive line, my two picks for the defensive line are Jadavion Clowney and Javon Kinlaw. Now, my reasoning behind picking Clowney here is obvious. Uh, Clowney is considered the best athlete to ever play in South Carolina's football program's history. He has got the frame, he's got the explosiveness, he's got the speed, he's got the deep pass rush arsenal in terms of the moves that he possesses. And even when Jadavion Clowney did not fill up the stat sheet in certain stretches throughout his career here, the entire opposing offense had to adjust their game plan, their entire blocking scheme, strictly because of him. So yeah, I'd say that's pretty good reason to spend $5 on Jadavion Clowney. And then I spent another $3 to get Javon Kenlaw. Kenlaw is going to spearhead the interior of my defensive line here with his raw strength and power that he possesses. It helps him both in pass rush and rush defense, and could make it nightmarish for an opposing quarterback to navigate the pocket when you've got your Davion Clowney screaming off the edge and Javon Kenlaw steamrolling through the middle of your offensive line. So, two very recent picks. But I don't think anybody's going to argue against that. So I spent 8 of my $12 there. Now, at linebacker, I'm down to $4 in total. So I got very minimal options here. But I'm going to go with Ernest Jones spending 2 of my four remaining dollars. So I've got $2 left. Now, Ernest Jones, he was a solid linebacker throughout his time at South Carolina. He was able to play both downhill against the run but also showed the ability to sit back in coverage at times, at least underneath coverage, and keep up with the majority of skill players that traversed into his area. He also was a really good form tackler during his time here in Columbia. And essentially, when he was trying to bring down a ball carrier or receiver, Ernest Jones rarely let the opposing players slip out from his grasp. So, Ernest Jones... He is my pick at the linebacker position. And then to finish things off at defensive back, I don't have very many gripes with Reese Craves' overall list here. I do have a gripe, though, with his defensive back list, just a slight one. Rick Sanford, who played back in the 70s for the Gamecocks, was a first-round draft pick. He was not included on this list, and I get it. There's been a lot of good Gamecock DBs the past 25 years or so. I felt like, though, Rick Sanford should have been on this list somewhere. And then Bo Davies... He is tied for first in school history when it comes to career interceptions on the defensive side. He also could have potentially made this list, but I understand that one a little bit more than I do Rick Sanford. I really feel like Rick Sanford should have been on here somewhere. But to get back to the salary cap game itself, my final selection here, I'm going to spend my last $2 on J.C. Horn. And I got to say, it's an absolute bargain that J.C. Horn is listed at $2. I got the same sort of reasoning for J.C. Horn that I had for picking Ernest Jones in this group, but to a much more significant degree. Because J.C. Horn, he was a versatile defensive back during his time at South Carolina. This guy could play nickel corner, he could play outside corner, he could play man coverage, he could play zone coverage, he could play press coverage, and he also had plus size and athleticism for the position. J.C. Horn... There, quite frankly, just wasn't really any holes in his game. During his time at South Carolina, he also was an absolute alpha male at that cornerback spot. Had no issue going up against some of the top wide receivers for South Carolina's opponents during the time he played here. We all remember that 2020 game that he had against offerings Seth Williams, I want to say, where Williams was kind of tied as one of the best players in the entire conference coming into that season. And J.C. Horn turned around and essentially locked him down for the entire football game. is a big reason why the Gamecocks upset Auburn in 2020. But nonetheless, I mentioned all that to say this. His skill set makes him an absolute steal at $2. And being paired up with offensive linemen like Jadavion Clowney and Javon Kinlaw, J.C. Horn, he is going to help make my team's defense A lockdown defense when it comes to pass defense. So, quick overview with my picks here. I picked Jadavion Clowney and Javon Killah from the defensive line group. At linebacker, I picked Ernest Jones. And I spent my last two dollars on J.C. Horn. I think that's a lockdown defense right there. Again, especially when it comes to my pass rush and my pass coverage. Who all would you pick from these lists? What are your thoughts on Lenore Sellers and what he could do for this team this year? How should he be utilized by Dal Lockett and this staff? And also, what are your thoughts on King Joseph Edwards, name of the Gamecocks, his leader on Thursday? Let me know all of your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you watched today's show on YouTube, or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a underscore sc. If you listen to today's show on our audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's show. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Cox podcast.